Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Seeing that the Canes are up 2-1 in the series, having just lost 8-4 the other night, or the afternoon, I should say, Lewis. Mm-hmm. I hate using the term must win yeah. in these kinds of situations, but... I would be a little bit concerned if New Jersey does tie this series up 2-2, especially if the Canes play bad. Now, if the Canes play well, okay, and they turn things around in that regard, then I think things are going to be okay. But I hate using the term must win, but, yeah, go out there and take care of business. Yeah, I. it's like Please? if if must win, right, if we're dealing with, like, DEFCON levels, right, yeah, if, if okay, must win is, wait, is, is, like, zero is bad and, like, higher is – is is good? I, think. I don't know. Either way, either way. So if, if you're at DefCon levels, then that's all I need. If, to know. if, if we're if we're dealing with some like high alert type stuff here, mm-hmm. I would say the Canes are like eh, a couple of steps below like the must win in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they it'd be really nice to get a win. The momentum well, would yes. be great, but I, and I don't want to be like the classic like se- game seven series type you know cliches. But until they lose a home game at this point, I'm not too worried because all we've seen so far are the Canes dominate the Devils. And the Devils have one of the uh, another dominating performance, scoring eight goals. So, like, I'm like, what? What's what are we dealing with here? What? What is actual? What is fact? What is fiction? Well, I think that kind of as you get into three things here at three o'clock, all regarding Game Four tonight. That kind of gets into Game Three a little bit. Game Three was an outlier of a game, yeah, because it was the first time since 1983. So, literally in 40 years, wow, where. A team scored three shorthanded goals in the playoffs. In this case, it was Carolina scoring three shorthanded goals, one of them being a penalty shot shorthanded by Jordan Martinook, yet they still lose. So, again, that's just, again, shows the outlier yeah. of the game that Sunday was. And, again, how often did Carolina give up eight goals? I mean, I I could pull up the schedule and check really quick. but I, it's, I don't think it's many. No, I don't think it's many at all either. Uh, yeah, and that's – outlier is the right word for it mm-hmm. um, because it's just – Everything, and we're going to go over this here later on in the show, so make sure you stay tuned. But everything, there are so many things you can point to where you just go, huh? What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But it's what happened. And that's sports. Anyone can win on any given day. I would like to see Carolina get back to the physical style of play that they had in game two. Because yes. in game two, we saw Jesper Foss had a big hit on Ryan Graves. We saw Jesper Kokaniemi just flat out level Nico Heischer in the. Uh, when he was trying to bring the puck up the ice uh, along the uh, the boards, carrying the puck out of the zone. Yeah. Just absolutely flattened him. Mm-hmm. And I would think New Jersey pushed back a little bit, but they're not built for that physical style of play long term. Well, and for a game, yes. But mm-hmm. over the course of the series, Carolina has the speed overall, overall to match most of the New Jersey Devils. Now, a guy like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, those guys are – elite top end of the world level skaters not that carolina doesn't have those but they're young and spry yeah. let's just put it that way but carolina was able to push them around physically and skate with them and i think carolina needs to get back to doing that i agree because i think right now the worst thing that could happen coming out of game four mm-hmm. is for 
the Devils to really have renewed confidence. I think Game 3 gave them some of that back, but I think even even the Devils will acknowledge just kind of like the fluky nature of some of that, yeah. what was going on. So it's them to have that renewed confidence. With such a young team, it either goes one of two ways. They either just, they don't know, they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. They get into the playoffs and they just they just let it rip and they, they, they just, you know, go to work and you're like, wow, how are they playing this well? Or you kind of beat the confidence out of them. You crush their soul and spirit like so many people do when they go and enter the, the workforce uh, in, in the real world. Like, that's that's kind of what you need to do if you're the Canes going against Devils, the Devils right now is just snatch their soul. That's how I view this game for. That, that's going to be the biggest thing the Canes, at least not from a, if we want to get more, you know, ethereal about it, that's what the Canes need to do. And here here's something as well that you pointed out. Yeah. Uh, they're a really young team. Yeah. This is for most of those guys, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Dawson Mercer, a lot of these guys, it's their first ever trip to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Luke this Hughes is, made his first playoff start, and he had two assists. I mean, this is this is first ever like exactly. NHL. But he played for University of Michigan. He just signed his entry level contract like a couple weeks ago. He's 19 years old. Yeah. So these guys don't have NHL playoff experience. Carolina Hurricanes, this is their fifth straight trip to the playoffs. And they have playoff series win in each of those five seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know there's 2020, the bubble. People might count that anomaly, whatever. No, you beat the Rangers in a series. You're going to count that. Sure. So this is where I think experience is going to pay off for them. Now, they did bring in guys like Andre Palat, who won a couple of Stanley Cups recently with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. So having him in that locker room pays dividends beyond what you see on the ice. Yeah. But – until you've actually done it and experienced it, you you don't fully know. Yeah. You don't fully know, which kind of leads into the third point here today, the goaltending. Mm. Now, Freddie Anderson, his first three starts from game six to from game six against the New York Islanders mm-hmm. to the first two games, phenomenal. Played very well. Phenomenal. He only gave up one goal in each of those three starts. Yeah. Game three the other other afternoon, not quite great. He did let up a soft one on that shorthanded goal, but here's the thing. It's not like everyone else in front of him was playing great and that he was just letting in leaky stuff. No. Overall, the team was just not good. He got pulled for Piotr Krachekov, who he himself gave up four goals in that game. Now, I think Carolina goes back to Auntie Ranta. Now, Rob Brindamore yesterday. Now, Carolina did not skate this morning, all right? They did not have a morning skate, so we don't know officially who's starting today. Now, Rob Brindamore did say, hey, there are some options available for us if we choose to to go into the into the bullpen. I think it depends on your situation. I mean, I think, um, I think you'd like to ride a guy, but I think depending on how you use him during the year, depending on health issues, there's just everybody's a little different in the situations. I mean, we, you know, we're obviously a little different. We've got two guys we used, really three throughout the year, and we had good success with them, so that's kind of where we're at. Okay, got options. Now, Auntie Ranta, been a little bit under the weather. That's why Piotr been sick. Not the good way. Not in the good way. Now, Piotr Kachekov has had to back up each of the last two games, games two and game three. Now, Rob Brindamore did talk about Auntie Ranta and his potential availability. Uh, I'm not sure yet, so... Hopefully, you know, it's nice to have some options uh, until we reconvene here and see how he's doing. Not sure. Okay, so no one knows anything. Nobody knows anything. Well, actually, people do know, but they're just not telling us. Now, here's actually where the goaltending situation, I think, actually favors Carolina. 
New Jersey's goaltending has been awful. Even though they just won the other day, they've given up 15 goals. Yeah. I pointed this out yesterday with Chris Lee. Carolina still scored four. They still scored four for a team that was starred for goal scoring. We even had some stretches in that New York Islander series. We're like, eh, we're 2-1. Yeah. Carolina's going to be one a lot of games, 2-1, maybe 3-1. They still put up four. Yeah. They put up five in game one. They put up six in game two. And they put up four yesterday. And Vitek Vanacek, who started... Has been awful this postseason. He has a save percentage of 845. They had the legend, quote air quotes, of Akira Schmid. They oh, had him Akira. in there. Oh, but then Akira. he gets pulled in each of the first two games. Are you going to go back to him today? I don't see how you can after your team just won. So we actually talked to Jamie Hirsch of the NHL Network yesterday. And I asked her the question of, hey, should New Jersey, even though they just won, be concerned about their goaltending? Yes. In fact, I just got off of our pre-show meeting right now, and I brought that up as a talking point, uh, just talking about confidence in Vanacek. And is there a concern? Because, you know, this is the first time that we've seen him start in, what, six games or something? Hasn't started since game two Mm -hmm. of the first round. And so for him to have the win, like, sure, that's nice. But also he was playing with a hefty lead for most of the game. And you're right. He still did allow four goals. So, I'm, I'd be concerned if I was if I were a Devils fan. I'd be concerned because there is not really a number one go-to solid option. Now I do think that they will go back to Vanacek because you have to, right? I mean, you won the game. Guys play great in front of him. But in terms of just strictly goaltending, I am not at all confident in either option at this point. There you there, go. Yeah, there it is. If, if I, again, if I'm Jersey, I'm concerned yeah. about my goaltending. Now I'll point this out as we wrap up this first segment, Luis Fernandez is Nate just cleanly beat Vanacek there when the score was 0-0 in game three. Just hit the f- hit the crossbar flush. Yeah. That was a half a centimeter down or a centimeter down. That's bar that's bar down and in the net. Mm-hmm. And you know what we're thinking? Nate just is feeling good. He's like, yeah, that's right. I bring that off the crossbar, and it's in the back of the net, and it's in. Mm-hmm. And Vanacek's thinking, oh, crap. Here we go again. Here we go. And the New Jersey Devils are thinking, oh, crap. Again, that just kind of shows you sometimes the bounces can go either way. Yeah. Go back to game two. New Jersey Devils had a bunch of power play opportunities early, including a five-on-three. Dougie Hamilton rings the crossbar. Yeah. Carolina ends up killing off the power plays, and they end up scoring as well. Again, little bounce early in a game can completely dictate or can potentially dictate the mo- momentum of a game early on. Yeah. That's what the Stanley Cup playoffs are. It's, yeah. it's a game of inches. It's all inches, man. Every inch matters. Centimeters. Lewis. Every inch matters, Lewis. If you want to go to Canada. That's what I've been told. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. With game four tonight, I know we're looking back at game three from Sunday. Yes. I know I want to look forward to tonight, but a lot of a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people are thinking, wait a second, 8-4? Is everything okay? Is everything right? It's it's shocking when you look at the box it score. Really if you weren't is. watching the game, you're like, huh? Like, wait, what what just happened here? Yeah. What what just happened? So you went through the numbers. Yes. And you actually have the the data showing how much of an anomaly 
Sunday was. I'm like, everything is going to be okay. Yes. This is this is the statistical proof for all of us Canes fans. You're going to wrap the data around us and give Take us the a big, big old, hug big and say, hug. this is going to be just fine. Yes. All right, so looking back, there were six even-strength goals scored. Yes. Lewis, by the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils. The, the Devils scored six even-strength goals okay. in Game 3. And they had a shorthanded and a power play goal. Yes. They had seven five-on-five goals in the entirety of the Rangers series. And that was a seven-game series. It was a seven-game series. They okay. averaged one even like five-on-five goal a game against the Rangers, okay. and they scored six in Game 3 alone, right. which I'm not – fluky. Yeah, fluky. Or, or if you're the pessimist – well, now they're on track. Now things are going the right way. But well, I, I digress. No, I would I would digress as well. Okay, so that's that's one point. Okay. Another point here, uh, p- number number two, if you will. Uh, Vanacek, he has a negative 1.14 goals saved above expected number right now. Okay, so, so it, this is Vitek Vanacek, yes, the guy who started the, game three for the New Jersey Devils in goal. Yes. Uh, so essentially he is saving less goals than you would expect him to okay. based on the numbers involved. So, for example, he allowed four based off the stats and expected saves. He should have only allowed three. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. So, struggling uh, a little to bit. To say which the is, least. Which is what we've seen, what the eyes the eyes have seen it, the numbers back it up. His save percentage this postseason is 845. Yeah. Which is awful. Which very, very which bad. bad. I mean, it's you go back to the game one and game two against the Rangers, and it was just, no. Bad. Um, Number number three, okay. if you will. Uh, 340. Okay. What does that mean, Lewis? Well, it's the total amount of time Jordan Stahl and Jack Hughes were on the ice together in game three. So three minutes and 40 seconds. So, yes, three minutes and 40 seconds. So for comparison, in game one, Mm -hmm. they were on the ice together for nine minutes and 25 seconds. Okay. And in game two, they were on the ice together for 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. And you, you saw the direct result of that was Hughes had two goals and two assists. In game three, he's the he's the engine that drives that entire Devils offense, the entire Devils attack. Okay, and so keep keep Jack Hughes away from Jordan Stahl if you're Lindy Ruff and the New Jersey coaching staff. Yes, got it. Um, Brady Shea and Pesci, by the way, they were on the ice for three of his four points in game three. Yeah, they had a very bad day. My, very minus, bad day. Minus four. Very bad day. Yeah, those two. They were all, yeah, it was a bad day for those two. But it, I think it just, it, it really drives home the point of we are seeing the adjustments that they're making. And now when it comes to game four, I think a lot of it's going to be about the coaching staffs mm-hmm. and saying, hey, it's, it's like we are not, we're not experts over, not what scientists, right? But if we can look at the numbers and say, hey, here's some of the things that need to be improved on, something to think about. And then number four, this is more about the uh, entirety of, the Canes just in general right now in the postseason. The Canes are four and five all time since the franchise moved to Raleigh. All time. With an opportunity to take a 3-1 lead in the series. Okay. Um, so you go back here. I'll give you the most recent examples, right? Um, this year, yep. they were up 2-1. They beat the Islanders in game five. They blew them out 5-2. to two. Now here's something as well. Or game, game four, excuse me. In, in yeah. game three of that series... They lost 5-1. Yeah. It was a bad game for Carolina. They bounced back right away, and they blew out the New York Islanders 5-2 yes. in that one. So a bad game three, we just saw a couple basically a week ago, was turned around with a really good game four for Carolina. Let's hope they repeat that tonight. Okay, so that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other options you go back to uh, in 2006. 
Okay. They uh, were up 2-1. They beat the Oilers in game four. Yeah. Uh, in 2009, they were up 2-1. They beat the, the Bruins in game four. Um, let's see here. You go back to 2002. Uh, they were up 2-1. They beat the Maple Leafs in game four. Uh, okay. That was game yeah, it game four. Yeah, game four, yeah. Um, interestingly, in 2022, just last year, yeah. you had two situations where the Canes were up 2-1 and they lost going into that. Okay. So that was against Boston. They win that series. And then against the Rangers, they lose that series in seven. So once again, something to keep into perspective here regarding this kind of thing. I, I do agree that this game four is monumental. It's very big for the series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a must win based on what we're seeing here numbers-wise historically, but it is very important for them to try and put away the the devils while they can. Okay, so you're telling me ga- Canes in five. Okay. Yes. That's all I took around <laughs> that. Canes in five. You heard it here from Luis Fernandez. Canes are going to win tonight based off all that data, and they're going to they're going to they're going to seal things off on Thursday. There you go. That's what they're going to do. I'm just going to take your word on all of this. So it's actually interesting you bring up the the Jordan Stahl Jack Hughes mm-hmm. thing because I remember in Game One, it was Jesperi Kokaniemi's line that was actually I think in the second period that was mostly matched up against Jack Hughes. But first and third periods we saw Jordan Stahl's line matched up against Jack Hughes. Now Jack Hughes is a former number one overall pick for the New Jersey Devils. Is a all-world player. There's yeah. Connor McDavid, who is in his own stratosphere, his own galaxy, but then that next tier right below that, Jack Hughes falls in that. Yeah, That's where guys like Crosby, Ovechkin, those level players, Leon Dreisaitl, those guys are right there. And Jack Hughes is in there with it. And you can put almost Nico Heischer, if you want to, in that level as well. Now, those guys both were former number one overall picks. Go figure. Because New Jersey Classic. was bad for a very, very long time. They were. But looking back at the at the numbers from who was on the ice when goals were scored, when Jack Hughes had his four points, again, he had two goals and two assists on Sunday. You know who else wasn't on the ice for any of those? Who else? Tell me, Dennis. The defensive pair of Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns. Mm. Those guys weren't on the ice either. So Jordan Stahl's line wasn't out there, but neither were Slavin and Burns. Jacob Slavin... And an 8-4 loss was still a plus two. A still a plus two rating. Which is Brent Burns like, that's was so a wild. plus one. That's so that this hearing it out loud. Yeah. It just it's hard to wrap your head around. But which I think once again just ties into the flukiness mm-hmm. of that game three. All right. So Jordan Stahl, go back to game two. Sure. How many minutes was Jordan Stahl on the ice against Jack Hughes? 10 minutes and 40 seconds. 10 minutes and 40 seconds. He skated 16 minutes and 49 seconds in that game. Wow. So there was only six minutes and nine seconds that Jordan Stahl was on the ice where Jack Hughes wasn't. The ultimate compliment to Jack Hughes. Oh, yeah. If if you draw the assignment of, hey, Jordan Stahl is covering me, that's respect. Yeah. That's respect from Rob Brindamore. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.